You're listening to episode 271 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. Have you ever thought about love and why it's so important to humanity? Have you ever thought about how love works for us? Actually, do we even know what love is? This week's guest is a teacher on the power principle of love. For over 30 years, Wan Lee has studied organized religion to find the elements that unite humanity and share the message with those who need it. Raised within the Christian church, Juan has turned to teachings about love over the years to find strength, understanding, and hope. As a child, he was the youngest of four children raised by a single father, and he struggled with an undiagnosed learning disability that made school difficult. While being constantly compared to others, he was unable to identify his strengths. Juan's low self-esteem and fear took away his hope for life. He joined the U.S. Air Force out of high school in hopes to just survive. Juan received multiple merits during his time in the military, and he found a new confidence in service, but he could not separate himself from his disability. During his time in the Air Force, Juan committed his life to Christianity and sought to utilize the principle of love in his life. He is a devoted husband, lives outside of Washington, D.C., and Juan has a desire to share what he's learned over the years with others and be an agent of love for humanity. Before we talk to Juan, let's get a review of the week from Apple Podcasts. This review comes from Bootsy715, and it reads, I accidentally connected with Lauren and ended up both recording a podcast with her and subscribing to hers. I really love how she provides content that helps people with their real-world lives from multiple angles, such as spirituality and psychologically. She perfectly blends everything people need into one in order to find success and happiness within their lives. She's also an amazing person. Really glad the universe brought us into each other's lives. I believe this one was left by guest Jessica Horn. And if I'm correct, then Jessica, seriously, thank you for not only joining me for a life mastery conversation, but for also being a listener of the show. If you'd like to have your review featured, leave one on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Your five-star ratings also help people find the show so we can get these life mastery conversations into the homes, cars, and earbuds of many. Okay, are you ready to meet Juan? You know what to do. Tune in, turn it up, let's go. You're listening to Master Your Mind, Business and Life. Conversations with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. Hi, Juan. Welcome to the show. I've been looking forward to our conversation. Hello. Thanks for having me. You are a teacher on the power principle of love, which I find incredibly fascinating, but I also read in your bio that you were in the Air Force. So I love to hear more of your story of not only how you became an agent of love for humanity, but how you really just made this pivot in life. Well, that is a very interesting one because it's very untraditional, that's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, well, well, let me just tell you a little bit about, um, I'm a transformational speaker and thought leader in the imagination and the imagine, reimagining love. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, love, um, the love of God made simple for humanity. You know, finding, uh, right now, I'm currently the, the, the founder and executive director of a, a nonprofit that's based on that concept of love, and it's called Clear Journey. Uh, where we make we make uh, life's journey clear. We teach uh, t- uh, financial literacy and attitudes for success to teenagers and young adults. Oh, that's amazing! Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. That's 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 want to be able to get it in early as possible. The fundamentals, and we know that there's a connection between dreams and finances. Yeah. And so we put them together and we infuse them in a way that young people can begin to understand, you know, what their journey is going to be like, and so they can be able to see clearly where they're headed. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And so I, I don't know if I said, but the name of the, the nonprofit is called Clear Journey. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Like giving you the, yeah. the footwork. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, but that's, you know, where I am now. Um, I grew up as a Christian. I followed uh, Christianity. Uh, but it, I beyond, as I grew in age, um, I needed answers. Um, and religion began to make things confusing. Um, I was unable to get, see action, see love and action. And, uh, I was basically grew up, um, I had a learning disability and I mm -hmm. still do not, not had, but it was basically undiagnosed, um, well into my thirties Wow. before it was diagnosed. Um, but while I was in school, I was in special education and I was very, con you know, I was, I was hungry. I was looking for something and directions and I, and I couldn't find it. No one could give me any answers to my struggle. And so, uh, I left home and I joined the Air Force. That was basically it. I, that in of itself was remarkable and, and, and amazing process there because you know at the time and it's still let's be honest with you the air force is still probably the best branch of the service there's no joke about that <laughs> <laughs> i'm so, not gonna argue you at all so, hey hey so so <laughs> i was i was i had the opportunity and i think to be honest with you it was ordained that that would be happen mm. um because i was in the air force and things began to get clear for me um, you know, the, the opportunities and, and what basically began to manifest itself in me was begin to see how people together with a vision, with a, with a, with an idea as it relates to what their mission was, could come together with the right attitudes and accomplish missions. Wow. Accomplish them over and over and over. So what in actuality is I saw a system. And that system was the attitude of love. Ooh. It was Ooh. because it was because we had this unity that drove us to do everything we could for one another so that we all could succeed. Mm. It really worked in sync with each other. You could you could feel how it was like a, a family. There was sacrifice. There was respect. There was admiration. Whoa. Whoa. Every all of those action words go right ahead. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> all of yes. those action words are the words that love exemplifies. And that was where I found myself looking to for answers because they were consistently re, 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 um, re, re, reoccurring over and over again. And that was what the military and the Air Force experience was all about, was systems. 
It was about how do we repeat this thing over and over and over and over again? Yeah. And still drive results. And drive results. And that's what we're talking about, driving results. It was like, how do you you want a successful life? System. Yep. Systems and processes. Yep, me too. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. yep. You can repeat it. You're repeating it over and over again. And what I found out that is until we realize that this thing called life, it's connected to a system. Mm. It's a life that it duplicates itself over and over again generation to generation moving the needle down the down the down time measuring stick um over and over again and love became that system that i found that would give me the results that i was looking for over and over again but i had to i had to be able to input it first in myself see love is something that i first had to gain for myself and i had when i got out of high school i had low self-esteem I was, I was demoralized. I was defeated. I mean, I was told that, you know, success would be marginal at best. Mm. Um, And I just didn't see it. I was frustrated. And, and to be honest with you, when I got into the Air Force, it was the furthest thing I wanted was to get away from school and everything that we did in the Air Force was school. Yeah, learning. It was, it was <laughs> learning. It was classroom, classroom, class. You know, we, it, you know, the, the one physical activity we had. It was so cold when I was going through the basic training that we skipped it. Mm. It was like we didn't it because it was the it was the obstacle course. It was the only physical thing, the real big physical thing that we had to do. I mean, granted, we did exercise, kind of aesthetics, and we ran a mile and a half and stuff like that. But the actual obstacle course where you go and get durable and get all that, you know that. Yeah, get real nasty. Yeah, Yeah, you know that, you know that Marine, Army, Navy type of stuff. Nah, we missed it. And it was not even a big, they was like, okay, and right back to class. And so we spent 95% of our basic training and all of that was schoolwork. It was classwork. Wow. And, and it was amazing because this is where that shame rolled off of me from having this learning is because again, I still don't know what it is when I'm going through this. I'm going through this in basic training. I don't know what it is, and I'm and I'm I'm ashamed. Yeah, you know. But they but the Air Force talk did this to me. They pulled that shame out of me. They told me, "We know exactly who you are, Ooh. and unfortunately, we're going to make you into who we want you to be." Ooh. Now that doesn't sound very enticing to someone who doesn't feel like they know they don't know who they are and do, and doesn't have control of who they are yet really exactly well but the fact of the matter is is that um this was that process that I had to go through because I was seeking who I was Ooh, I was yeah. looking to find out who I was I wanted to know because I was so confused as it relates to I want to do better but I can't do better my learning disability not being diagnosed yet and I was like I, I want more I want more and I can't get it. Right. And it took me to be humble. Again, another one of those love traits. I had to humble myself to accept this, this redefining of who I was, or in my case, trying to define who I was. Mm. So many of us put walls up and we, de- we defend who we are. And the fact of the matter is, is that 
Love is the, what we're supposed to be defining ourselves through. Because that is how we begin to find value in ourselves so that we can give love to others and show value to them also. Wow. And it feels like already that that was what was really missing from the systemic school system for you was they were already telling you, ah, you're not really mm-hmm. going to be successful. Ah, we don't really believe in you. Ah, you can't be challenged that much. Where it was like the military is like, no, we're going to challenge you. We're going to test Absolutely. you. We're going to pull Absolutely. you through this. You're, you are one of us now. You are part of our family now. And it, so it gave you that, it sounded like it gave you that confidence to really step into growth. Absolutely. It took me out of them comparing me to someone else than to showing me confidence in who I was. That's powerful. My, my ability to be able to be uniquely different was mm. fine because I had value. See, life is not about what you don't have. It's about how you use what you do have. Oh, so true. And that was the key that I learned there is that I had value. And once I realized that I had value, the confidence came. Mm. the confidence to do anything, to be able to make any decisions, understanding that there was this system in place that guaranteed the outcome. Yeah. That, makes that sense guaranteed sense. the outcome. And see, that was what love was doing for me. And, and I'm telling you, this has been, see, love is the system for life. A successful life requires love to be able to generate the outcomes that we're looking for. And the thing about it is, is that one of the very, very, the, the very interesting uh, characteristics of love is that it's a conduit. Uh-huh. It connects us one to the other so that we can flow our gifts and talents to one another so that we can help and assist and be helped and assist in reaching each of our potentials. Yes, because we're not, we're, we're not all everything. We, no. we can't be that. And I think to even put that notion in our heads that like, you can do it all, you can be it all. Well, that's a great thought, but is that realistic? No, we're going to need help. We're going to need someone to lean on. We're going to need someone else's strengths where that's our weakness to kind of help us along. That's the thing about it is, is that to even think that you can do it on your own, you're yes. in the wrong spot. Yes. Even and but that's the mental that's the mental thing that we're being taught is that you can do it. You can do it. No, 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 no. No, you can't. I don't care. There's no successful anything that's been done by itself. Right. Nothing. You can IBM, the the Google, the Facebook, the, there's no alone. Yeah. There's no alone. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is that we're we're trained to be divisive, to want to divide ourselves and to separate ourselves and to think that we're going to be competing against each other in a sense that now, now don't, don't get me wrong now, competition is good. It drives growth. But the fact of the matter is, is that we need each other even in that sense. Competition is growth. It is, it drives growth. But the thing about it, we need each other in that competition. Yes. It's the, it gives us accountability in a sense too, of like, I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep doing this. And and the thing about it is, is when you know who you are and your value, that means that you know what you're giving. So that that means that you have the, you, you have the wherewithal to continue to give it. Yes, It's it's in you. 
you can't afford. Now, see, that's what fulfillment is, is the ability for people to ex- accept and acknowledge your value. Ooh. That's all. That's all. I mean, that's fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. That's, the, that's fulfilling. Being seen in that way, for sure fulfilling. And the thing about it is, is as we develop ourselves, there's so much to love. It's so much. It allows us to develop. And once we give that, have that ability to, 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 to that, that value, man, all we want to do is give it. Yeah. And that's where humanity comes in. We're here to invest that into humanity. Mm. We are investing that value that we have. And guess what? Not only to the current generation, but into the generations to come. Yes, absolutely. Because it is that it's that ripple effect It's definitely generational, like you said. And that's why so many times that we hear that, you know, it's, it's our, we have the power to break these quote unquote generational curses, right. Or like patterns that have happened through generation, generation, whether it's your parents got divorced and their parents got divorced and their parents got divorced. Okay. Now it's up to you. Right. Or, or maybe it's uh, believe not having self-worth or confidence or truly chasing your dreams. Like at any point we do have the power to change what happened in the generations before us. And you, you just hit it on the head. <laughs> power, power, power that no one can stop you. Yes. You have the ability to love at all costs. No one can stop you. It's your choice. One of the three components of of love is one is that it's a conduit. Also, one of them is that it is a choice. And the other one, it is that it's a chameleon. It's adaptable. Love is adaptable to any circumstances. It blends in and it it generates success. It's It's the necessary thing to make sure that success happens because it has other people in mind. Right. It, it, it just, it allows you to get into where they are. But see, again, it all starts with being able to get into who you are so that you can get into where someone else is. Right. See, because yeah. if, if, we don't, if we don't feel comfortable and confident in our value, then we're gonna, have a, we're gonna be more defensive. We're not gonna be willing to, to, to blend in because we feel intimidated as though someone is taking something from us. But no, you're giving something that you have plenty of and you have more than enough to blend in so that you can see that the end result would be accomplished for everyone in concern. concern. Oh, I love this so much. So I'm curious. I, I know you, mm-hmm. you're working with young adults and, and teens. And we talk about this a lot on the show when it, when it comes up with money that financial literacy is not taught. And, and it's not just in the United States. This is like a global thing. I've, I've heard it from experts in the UK, Australia. Like this is, this is a global problem. And that, so we have that, we have the literacy piece, but then what if someone also has, they've grown up in a non-loving household, perhaps it was abuse or violence, neglect, all these things that we don't characterize as loving actions. How does this person learn to love and then demonstrate love in a healthy way? Well, that's, that's really, uh, that, that was a little bit of my book. Um, my book is, it takes uh, every chapter in my book and it breaks it down into stages of life, teenagers, young adults, adults, and seniors. And at each at each ending of every chapter, um, we basically give you the, the pathways to success for in every stage of life. 
so that you can basically, no matter where you are, because you're going to be confronted with different issues. I mean, one of the things that come up in my book, I write a, a chapter in the book, and it's um, it's based on family, and it's um, the framework for life. Ooh. And and unfortunately, a lot of us miss that framework because the family is the support system that allows you to adventure right. and to to develop, just to just throw yourself into anything and know that there's a a, a cushion or a net behind you. And in many cases, and in a lot of cases in our communities and in our society, that, that cushion or that net has, didn't exist. Right. And so we found ourselves having to fall, trip, stumble, and there was no one there to support us. Mm. And it has created a, 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 a a brokenness that almost in so many cases makes life that much more difficult. Yes. Because, and so what I suggest, I say then is that you have to start making some decisions and let God love drive you. And, and what I mean by that is, is that you have to really begin to say, evaluate those people that are in your circle and understand and make sure that they align with your value. That's why it's important to gather yourself. Get, you gotta get to a point where you can gather yourself and say, okay, what's gonna be able to be my value and then put people around me that will support those values. Oh, and, they don't and they don't necessarily have to be your family. Yes. You know, it, it's about those people that support and, 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 and align with your value. Mm. And, and so, that's where you begin to start from. And then you see, and then you begin to uh, associate yourself with that people, those people, and then they will begin to nurture you, be that support system. But you, you know, again, it's, it's a different pathway that, in, that if you'd had that family, that support, that undergirding, um, you would have been able to gather that sooner. But really, it doesn't matter. Just understand that right now, love has to work on me first. Okay. Yes. When love begins to work on me and begin to show my value, because all of those things that I was talking to you about that I learned, um, that was what the military directed me into learning my own value. And so that once I did that, I was able to begin to say, it's very easy for me to give myself because again, number, the, number one thing about love is a sacrifice. Yes. You've got to be you've got to be willing to sacrifice. If you can't if you're not if there's no sacrifice and and, and that's a very touchy word because if you don't know how to sacrifice and in this day and age it's difficult to be even, even to understand sacrifice. Yes. To know what it even looks like on a on a magic but it, it, you've got to understand that that, that gratification is it's got to be something bigger than yourself and you got to defer that gratification. That's the time that you put in that makes that sacrifice valuable. Mm. That outcome valuable. You know, you were bringing up generational wealth and I talk about people and you're talking about we got to create uh, generational wealth. When if you're talking about creating generational wealth, you're talking about sacrifice. Yes. Okay. You're talking about sacrifice. We're not talking about the big house, the big nice car, the, the lavish uh, vacations and stuff. You're talking about sacrifice. 
So it's easy to talk. You got to be able to walk the walk. For sure. Do you believe there's a balance between sacrificing for the greater good and over-sacrificing? Um, that, that's very interesting that you say that because that's something that is very prevalent in, I think, a lot of our religious institutions, mm-hmm. um, whereas is that they begin to sacrifice at their own demise. Mm. And, I, and, 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 I, and, and the thing about it is, is and, you know, I don't want to get into that, but the fact of the matter is, yes, yes, you can over-sacrifice. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, is because sacrifice is in your heart. It's in you. It's in you. Okay. You begin to set up systems. Again, let's get back to those systems. And then you begin to work around. You set up your boundaries within those systems so that you will so you won't over sacrifice Mm. does that make does that make sense yes yeah and when you know your values and like your your own boundaries um as well it kind of helps you not get into that over sacrificing now i have no energy for everyone else look what i've done for you and no one's given back to me it almost pushes you like into victim mode then like absolutely like you're a victim absolutely and the thing about it is is that You've allowed that to happen because you don't put the boundaries in place. Yes. Yes. I I love that. So when someone's talking about, when we're talking about self-love and we have to have this value, what are some tips to help us lean into self-love a little bit more? I think just being aware of, you know, being open to understanding exactly who you are and where you are Mm. Um, in the sense that, you know, we are a creature that denies, you know, I'm going to tell you the biggest part, find your weakness, find your weakness and be humble to understand that weakness, just to be, just to embrace that weakness. Now, I know that's contrary. I know that's very contrary. It's like people try to run away from it. But if you want to really self-love yourself, embrace your weakness. Embrace your weakness. And you'll begin to appreciate yourself because you'll begin to say, okay, this doesn't define me. This allows me to understand that in this area, I need help. I need help. I need help. I was talking to you um, before we had start recording about my move and the podcast audience at this point is probably like so sick of hearing about it and my move. But one of my biggest lessons in moving 900 miles away from my family in my twenties with a baby on my hip at that point was I thought I was in that state of like, I can do this alone. Right. And it wasn't until I I get there and I realized I don't know anyone. What happens when you're in a car accident, you have no one to call, right? Like I didn't realize the value of community. And I, I'm not even sure I fully realized it until we then made this move to Virginia and, and the entire community that I built in Florida, like came up to help us move and support us. And I had realized that when I walked into that situation, I thought I could do it alone. And when I walked out of that situation, I never wanted to do it alone again. Like, I, and then it was one of those things that I had to unlearn to relearn in itself. And I was like, wow, this is love coming through in in a way that I wasn't conscious of that allowing people to help you saying yes to help 
doesn't make you inferior or weak by any means. Like it actually makes you stronger. It gives you strength. Absolutely. It gives you more strength and more strength than you could ever think about. Ever. I mean, we're talking about, yes. let's think about, let's just think about the fact of your two hands allowing someone else to help you. You just doubled your strength. Oh, I love that. Yes. That is so simple and yet a powerful analogy. You just doubled your strength. And mm. it's so we, and we don't, and can you imagine the power of the mind? Yeah. Yes. Like putting more I brains mean, together. Like, yeah. man, now you're just like genius level. <laughs> I mean, come on now. I mean, come on now. And, and all you have to do is accept the help. Accept it. Yes. And, and I wonder at what point in, and I'm sure these different pain points vary for everyone, but they have to stem in childhood from somewhere, right? Like these are pathways within our brains that at some point we have been taught or conditioned that we can do it alone, that we can, that it is alone. And then at some point that you're in life, you're like, no, it's like a surrender moment. Like, no, I can't do this alone. And and it's, it's, it's so, it's like that deep cellular like level that you feel it like that ultimate surrender of like, I need help. And then you find out who your tribe really is and you're like wow never letting you guys go (laughs) yeah i mean i mean but the fact of the matter is is that we're meant to be connected yes and and here's the thing if we didn't know that or learn it i didn't understand that prior to last year's terrible you know the pandemic time yeah i mean we were we were bound in houses not being able to communicate not i mean you know touch one another to be engaged with one another yes. and it was something that we just had never exposed ourselves and experienced ourselves apart from the, the technology that we thought well, we would be isolated right and yet and yet we still in a lot of cases still don't see it because mm-hmm. I mean the the heroes that we normally walk past and look at in you know, a slant way or slide way um now are heroes the yeah. people that delivered the stuff to our home, the people that kept the trash being picked up, the people that were, you know, um, the firemen or the police officers or the hospital, the people that you really walked by, not even thinking about, now became the heroes of our society. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and we didn't understand that we need each other. Mm. We can't do this thing ourselves. I mean, yes. it's easy to go to your, you know, take your trash and stick it in the trash can and go like, mm, well, guess what? I'm finished with it. Yep. But guess what happens if the trash man doesn't pick up the trash? We all have trash everywhere. It's going to be a trash exactly. city. <laughs> I mean, it's just those fundamental things that there's value there. Yes. You know, it was one of those things. My, my dad is a printer by trade. And so they had stayed open because of course, like newspapers and stuff, like you have to print the news. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had told me that everything got backed up because what had happened was some of the other businesses didn't fall within the guidelines of who was a quote unquote essential worker and not. So then you would have people who were like ink suppliers. They're not considered quote unquote essential workers, but how do you print magazines without (laughs) the ink? Right. So it's just like one of those things where you realize we are all working together. What I need from you is, is being generated. You may need something from someone else. Like we're all in this spider web of entanglement and 
until that gets broken, it's like you're not super conscious of that web and how crucial it is. And, and the thing about it is, is that how can we build a society this complex, this complex, and not understand how it works? Mm. Yes. <laughs> yes. And we, and we, and we pass this, un, un, this misunder, well, not even miss, it's not taught concept from generation to generation. And I think as technology has pushed us further and further, away from the very fibers of it, um, we get really, you know, ostracized and we really begin to don't, we can't see each other. Mm, yeah. So what do you think we can do? You're a parent, I'm a parent, you, you're helping the youth, you know, not make it into their thirties, forties, or fifties, unlearning these things. They, they're learning it now. I am a massive proponent that if we can teach our children these fundamental ways of growth and healing and acceptance and love, then they're not going to have the same exact battles as us. So what as parents can we be doing in this moment to make sure that our children understand love, understand the value of love, and also know how to truly demonstrate love? I'm going to, you just hit it on the head. Demonstrate be the example, it. be the mm. example, be the example. And just to qualify, qualify something, I'm not a parent. Oh, I, I thought you were a, a parent. I'm so no, sorry. No, I, I, my, the, the value of love at the, at the teenager, young adult level, I think is essential. Oh, wow. I love that. And You're doing that even more now. <laughs> I, I think it's essential. I mean, it, it, the sooner they get it, the better off their lives will be. Yeah. I mean, over the long haul. I mean, it, it's just, I just think back as to where I could have been if I had this at the lower level, at the younger level, mm. our, lives, our lives are temporary. The sooner we get it, the more fulfilling and beneficial we can be. Yes. Yes. And then like, why do we want to be in our thirties, forties, or fifties healing from still healing from childhood wounds or things that we didn't learn and being trapped in victim mode? Like this would be such a more beautiful world if we were, our youth didn't even have these troubles or issues i mean that would be too perfect right but but well, well, i mean, I mean but to be honest with you i mean they're they're changing um the culture even the younger generation and the thing about it i admire a lot of the younger generations that are really changing um the landscape of of america for a lot of in a lot of cases yeah. um and what their attitudes are towards things that have happened in the past, things that are that are that have plagued this country um, for such a long time, um, their attitudes are changing. And they're they're to the to the point where they they are they are so undisturbed so much about the past. Yeah. That they can really be free to move forward. So I'm I'm really encouraged with them. Now all we need to what just give them is the tools, the tools to move themselves forward. Yes, I love this so much, and, and you're helping them with with these tools. And I love that you see that the this generation is. I I, I like. I think what you're really saying is they are more present in the moment. 
they're not focused on like the past and what happened because sometimes focusing on the past too much can bring out its own victim mentality. Even if it wasn't directly in your life, didn't directly happen to you, you can look back and say, well, this happened to my grandparents and therefore, and just assume that as your, your truth, your problem, your future, whatever it may be. Um, And it it does feel a little bit more positive and optimistic, but I also think a, a massive part of that is due to people like you or conscious parents who are making sure that, Hey, we're not going to repeat these same mistakes. Hey, I noticed this pattern. We got to break it before, you know, you relearn it. And I was talking to someone, um, about the, the patterns and reprogramming of children. They were like, well, just, just think about how, you know, you may hear of like your parents or their parents saying, well, I got beat a lot as a child. It's a good thing. You didn't get the belt. I had to do this. And then like my kids, I don't think I've ever laid a hand on them. Not because I'm like, Oh, I don't want to slap you. It may have gotten to that point some days, but I also <laughs> knew like, do I want to be hit? No, like, is that how I'm demonstrating a lesson or, or truly showing like, Hey, this was wrong. Like, can I use my words instead of a physical action? Heck yes, I can. Does that mean that I'm a perfect parent? No, but guess what? When I mess up, I'm going to own it in that moment. I'm going to say, Hey, I messed up. This is not the way I should have handled it because the only thing I can do at that point is take ownership for my actions and hope that, Hey, let's have a little grace in this. I'm going to do better next time. You're going to do better. We're going to continue moving forward together. And, and that's, that's that honesty and, um, that everybody needs, especially Mm -hmm. in the family is that ability to be honest. Look, um, maybe I didn't do this thing the right way. And I tell you, that awareness to a child um, gives him an eye or her an idea that I don't need to have to hold on to that feeling that I felt I was for in, in whatever the case may be m- abused, mistreated, whatever uh, it might have been that has really dug down deep and is rooted into you know my psychology as to how I operate. Um, and so, um, just that simple admittance to the fact that, yeah, maybe I did this wrong, but again, you know, we, we start from different places and to begin to get that awareness, to be able to share, um, with the child, um, is, is, is different for everybody. And so hopefully, hopefully as we get into ourselves and understand our own value, um, and don't feel intimidated because again, a lot of, a lot of issues that children are confronted with happens as a result of parents being, feeling inadequate and they yes. cover it up yes. and they and it, cover it up any way they know how. And they're not even conscious that they're doing it most of the time. No, It's absolutely. totally a subconscious, like autopilot. Absolutely. I mean, because I mean, I mean, there's no change. Everybody has, you know, they need a roof over their head, they need clothes over their back, they need food on the table. And after that, how it gets there, um, you know, it, it, it varies for every parent. Right. And so then what am I willing to, to admit to as being a weakness as to getting it there? Um, mm-hmm. That's on the parent, you know, a parent that's not home. Um, but has everything there for the parent, for the child, but themselves. Yeah. Okay. 
that that that's as that's as, as vital. That is as as much a vital part as the food, the shelter, and the home. Oh, a hundred percent. And the clothes. Yeah, I was actually a couple of years ago. I was traveling a lot. I was traveling abroad for work all the time. And my oldest daughter at the time, I think she was like five or six, and she just made this comment. She was like, "Mommy's never home," and I was like, "Oh." like a dagger to the heart. And I was like, dang, out of the mouth of babes, because in my mind, I'm doing this for you. But also I wasn't conscious of the fact of like, oh yeah, you're right. I, I missed Easter. I wasn't here to pick you up from school like you're used to doing. So my physical presence of not being there was actually being spotlighted for her. Whereas I thought, Hey, I'm traveling around. I'm getting these experiences, but how am I still showing up as a parent? through all of this. So I kind of had to take that step back. I sacrificed, right? Here we go back to that word of what I Mm -hmm. really want to do professionally. I'm like, I can still do this. I just need to shift and pivot how I'm doing it. So it's like, all right, not going to travel as much, but that's fine because I, Hey, I'm now going to have a podcast where I can have conversations with anyone sitting from my bedroom, right? Like all over the world. So it just, I just had to change what it looked like, because I realized I'm not showing up in this way. And my presence is way more important than really any material thing that I could buy you. Like I may not be able to buy you the latest sneakers, but Hey, we have food. We have a home. We have a lot of love in this unit. And I am here for you. I'm here with you. See that therein lies the value that Mm -hmm. as a parent, you can see it. A child can't see it yet, but a parent has to have it to instill it yeah and if they don't have it to instill it the child is now going to grow without it right and so they're going to be looking to validate themselves from other than under the cover or the protection of family Oh, I love that so much. So I know we're, we're running a little short on time, but I have one more question to help us wrap us up. So when Mm -hmm. we as humans say, I love you, what do those three words really mean? It should mean, and here's the thing, it should mean that you can see it. It's, it's, it's visible. Mm -hmm. It's something that someone else, the person that's expressing it, the person who is you expressing it to should be able to see it. It should be visible. Mm. It should have an action that demonstrates the, the, the words that you're saying. And I should be able to feel it. I mean, in the sense of understanding what that really means to you to say it to me, I should be able to see it and feel it. And then when I say feel it, I'm saying connect to it. Oh, yeah. You know, connect to it because now it has value. Because yes. now I, I, can, I can use it. I can relay it. I can, I can relate to it. Um, because a lot of people want to love or say the word that I love. And it's, it's, a, it's so confusing because it can be selfishly motivated. Yeah. And, and in the same sense. And then... Um, it really has no actions to it. It's empty. Right. Um, and so that's why I'm saying for a lot of, for, for the recipient of those words, see action. Yes. Yes. Because if, if you're in an abusive relationship and you're being hit and the person's like, oh, I love you, baby. Well, 
okay, but do your actions align with that? I mean, that, that right there is like a really great, I love how you break it down into actions and feelings because it's like, that, they have to go hand in hand. Absolutely. And the thing about it is, is if you have your boundaries up, you don't even have to think yes. what that means. You just know it's just like a go-to like auto response. Yeah. I mean, somebody, you know, they say something that's inconsistent with your boundaries and be like, not well, I know where I need to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but see, a lot of people that don't have their boundaries, don't have them. So love hasn't established their boundaries and has shown that there are actions associated with it. It's it, it, easy to talk because you really are out there hunting for value. And in spite of what person is doing and saying, they don't, they don't, they don't even match. And so right. you don't even see the fact that they don't even, they're not even consistent. Right. But that's and not so, real love. No, no. And, and, and you don't know what your actions are at that point because you're confused. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why we have to always turn it back to self, get clear on what you want, what your values are. And that way it's, it's like you said, it's like that two-way door. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't, you cannot allow um circumstances and see that's an example you just brought up of of over loving mm. you know over loving you know, somebody's saying something to you that's inconsistent with their actions and you're over loving you're stressing you're, you're trying to stretch something into something that's not yes and and just because they said it you know it's that buzzword that everyone's looking for everybody wants to be loved not nah, everybody Yes, everybody wants to be loved, but the fact of the matter is, is that they need to understand what love is. They need a healthy love. They need actual love. They need love the that's actual, auto. Yes, not some like fairy tale, love. like, hey, we're chasing this dream that Disney created for us. Like, absolutely. Actual love. Mm-hmm. Juan, I know you have so much more to share. Will you tell our audience where they can go to connect with you further and even grab a copy of your book? Well, yes, that's perfect. Um, you can always go to my website, uh, Um, You can pick up a digital version of my book there, or you can go to Amazon or any of your local, uh, your, your favorite book outlet, um, Barnes and Noble, um, and get Love Made Simple. And also, I'm on LinkedIn at Juan Lee. I'm, at, uh, I'm on Twitter um, at Love Made Simple. Um, on Facebook at Juan Lee Author, and also at Instagram at Juan Lee Author. And by all means, if you'd like to set up a time to uh, talk more about your particular situation and how love can help guide you in your journey, just drop me a, uh, an email. Oh, that- uh, you, can, you can hit me anywhere at info at juanlee.com. And we can, uh, I have a newsletter, as a matter of fact, it's called Fla- The Flash Report. Oh, and yeah. And if anyone who wants to uh, get that newsletter, um, just info at wanleetheauthor.com and we'll send it to you. That's perfect. I'll be sure to link all of these and lay them out on the Speaks episode notes. That way everyone can have a, a quick uh, click to them. But Juan, I am a big fan of the mission that you're on. I love what you're doing with our youth. You are a true world shifter. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And I'm just wanted to know that it's not just for the youth. I'm here for everybody. I I'm love it. Everybody. Love it so much. Thanks, Juan. All righty. Thank you for having me.
Juan has taught us so many valuable lessons about love. I've linked Juan's website and social channels in this week's episode notes found on mindbizlife.com. I'm back on Friday for another episode of Heal Your Life Friday, but until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.